0: This program was made possible by contributions to our engagement metrics and the reviews of listeners like you. No, seriously, this episode's film pick is a recommendation plucked directly from a review on one of our distribution platforms. Apple so, if you're looking to outsource your own afterthoughts on a film, consider leaving us a review and slapping that recommendation somewhere in the mix. Be, uh, yeah, you have to do it, because without a title... We have nothing to watch, so just make sure you include it if you give us a review. Afterthoughts is under no legal or moral obligation to watch your recommended pick. If you make a recommendation and it doesn't immediately become an episode, don't blame us. We have no control over what movies or TV shows get slotted in for the next discussion. That's up to this guy in data analytics named Trent. He's a pretty chill dude, but sometimes he says stuff that's a little odd, like stuff that makes you second-guess that invite you gave him to the upcoming unofficial company happy hour. Anyway, if your recommendation doesn't become an episode immediately, just get mad at Trent. And thanks for leaving a review. (laughs)
1: Welcome to Afterthoughts, everybody. This is the podcast where we watch a movie and give you our thoughts after we watched it. Uh, with me, as always, is the normal crew. John Garcia, how's it going?
0: Hey, it's going well, Dixon. Good to see you. Good, uh, you Good know, to see you, too. Be back in the chair. It's not like we were really gone for any <laughs> amount of time. It was like a week or something. We were off. but
1: felt like, felt like much longer than that. Yeah, yeah. And Ryan King, what's up?
2: Hey, how's it going? I have uh, a bottle of ketchup in my pocket for some reason. I guess we'll find out. Oh, see I
0: wonder
1: how going. that got there.
0: Hey, if we uh, point the mics at each other, will that cause some kind of time dilation between? Oh, man. <laughs> Brian, point uh, your mic we, at the screen. Might as well give it a try. Let's you know, see what happens.
1: <laughs> this is going to be our first listener request episode. We have our first request from one of our loyal Canadian listeners, Matthew Jean, aka Gino Hino. Thanks for leaving a review. If you have seen this movie, you may have uh, got Ryan's ketchup bottle joke earlier, but uh, we're going to be talking about Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. Beyond the Infinite 2 Minutes is a 2020 Japanese film directed by Junta Yamaguchi. Um, And it's a a pretty straightforward plot, but it's a very interesting concept. It's only a 70-minute movie, kind of gets in, gets out. But the premise of the film is that a restaurant owner is closing up his shop for the day. He has a TV in the restaurant and he decides to go upstairs to his apartment uh, a few floors above the restaurant and he has a TV in his apartment. When he goes into his apartment, he sees himself in the restaurant talking to him in his apartment and he's very confused by this. Um, the person, the version of him that's in the restaurant tells him, Hey, I'm in the future, two minutes ahead of where you are right now. You're in the past. I'm in the future. And things kind of spiral out of control from, from there very quickly as he is freaking out and trying to figure out what the hell is going on and other people start to get involved. Um, so it's, it's kind of a very straightforward, time travel movie. Uh, the premise kind of reminds me of Primer a little bit, but it's much easier to follow and understand <laughs> than Primer. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. It's like a sci-fi comedy uh, drama, rom-com kind of thing that all comes together in an interesting way. And um, I had a lot of fun watching it. it it's something where it's very high concept but it's, it's somewhat easy to follow. There are a few times during the movie where I like pause it and I'm like, wait a minute, does that make sense? And like thought through it and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense. And then, you know, played it and, and kept going. But um, yeah, this was really interesting. I thought the cast was all really good. And, um, you know, the events that transpire feel very interesting, but not like, too high stakes. Like a lot of times he's like, Oh, it's a sci fi time travel movie, the world is in the balance, and everyone's gonna die. It's like, this isn't that it's a kind of a group of friends having fun discovering this concept and leading to some, uh, you know, potential issues that arise. But, uh, I really enjoyed this. So curious to hear what you guys thought. Uh, Ryan, what'd you think about beyond the infinite two minutes?
2: I, I also really enjoyed this. Um, it, it was really funny. I know I was pretty much hooked as soon as they're like, what happens if we put two of them together? Uh (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, and I think that, yeah, I agree. It's a, it's relatively easy to follow. The, the rule set is simple enough. Uh, and I did feel like it presented something very realistic, where kind of how people might try to interact with something like this, the sort of like novelty of it. And then the first thing they go to is like, how can I make money? Um, and, and like that, it totally makes sense. Like the way that the people act in here, honestly, pretty much makes sense. Yep. Um, <laughs> It does follow what I what I call the Bill and Ted rules of (laughs) of time travel in like my, you know, time travel theory sets, which is pretty much where you can like just say like, oh, I'm going to do this later and my future self will handle it for me. And then it's like automatically has happened because in Bill and Ted. He's like, I need the key to the jail cell. And then it's right there. Um which makes no sense <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it because you get into that immediately into the, like the predestination paradox where it's like you have to go back later and fucking remember all the shit you told yourself to do in the future or he'll fuck up. Um, But like the movie honestly, it's like almost kind of deals with that, I guess at the end Um, in a way that's kind of like, doesn't necessarily care. Like that's not important. I thought it was also interesting how, uh, where you would think they would walk by each other, they don't, so it really does leave you with yeah. like a it's like what is even happening, like how is this even working? It's not really there. It's not important, and the, again, the characters don't really stop to think too much about the inner workings of it as much as just like like what what can we do with this? What else can happen? Yeah. um but yeah, overall, like it's it's yeah, the seventy one minute runtime also just makes it like just enough, like it's just sweet. This is kind of a short story science fiction concept uh and it kind of plays just around the concept and gives us enough like we don't really need to know a lot about the characters or anything else like we just want to get in have the laughs on this and not take it too far it's also i was wondering when i looked at it like what the rating was and stuff like that but i ended up just watching it on my own but afterwards i was like oh my son would think this was really fun like he would really <laughs> like this oh and it's yeah. it's like yeah i would say it's maybe it's pg because there's like a bit of peril uh, but not not more than you necessarily see in a Disney movie. But I know people can be really picky about that. But that's like the only thing, um, and it's hey, not. Nobody's that mom much dies. Terrible, honestly, you know? yeah. yeah, right. No one's. Yeah, no one's mom dies before the movie even starts. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, I actually probably will watch this again with him.
0: Nice. Um, right.
1: Yeah, John. What did you think?
0: Uh, I I really enjoyed this movie. I have been going back and forth on how I feel about it. From a technical perspective, because I see, like, I remember we've talked about, um, I think we talked about 1917 at one point, not on the podcast, but just offline, Dixon, and you were like, Yeah, just parts of it, like technically got it. I don't think we've
1: ever had a conversation not on this podcast, John. We've had a few conversations. I'm pretty sure. We don't exist outside of this. (laughs) We record everything. Uh, If we
0: technically (laughs) lost the files, does it count as not on this podcast? Uh, (laughs) So, um, yeah, like at one point, I remember we talked about 1917 and you, I believe you said, uh, yeah, like some of the technical aspects of it just distracted me from the actual movie itself. And Mm -hmm. I kind of felt the same way here where it's like it goes for that one take um, feel from all of its editing, but I can see every time that they edit over pr- certain parts in the, scenes, oh, sure, stick yeah. out. and so like part of that sort of detracted from my experience because I was like really enjoying things. And the moment that they would go to the stairs, it also might've been because I was on mind altering substances at the time. It made <laughs> the experience a little dizzying. And I was like, uh, don't really like some of this claustrophobia. Cause I can tell it's there to cover up these edits. Um, but in terms of like the story and the way that the characters start experimenting with things, I found that to be really fun, really fresh. It wasn't something that like I've seen recently in other time travel movies and also like just watching sort of in the credits, even they added in like the production sort of video where they're mapping out like how the timelines will work and showing like storyboards and stuff. And I found that pretty fascinating. And, uh, in other movies where they do like a blooper reel or something, I would have been a little bit more like, I don't want to see this.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but here
0: I was like, Oh, I'm actually like really fascinated in how they kept track of like every, cause I was just like, okay, halfway through, I was like, this is a magic trick. Like this whole fucking movie is just, how can we spin like a, a large number of plates and show that we can keep all of these threads going in the story um, and have it all kind of come back together with that bill and Ted logic. And I really enjoyed it for that. Um, the edits are like my only detraction and I don't think that many people will be looking for it. Cause you'll be like caught up in the moment. I think I was just in like a certain state where I was like way too analytical about it, got way <laughs> yeah. too latched onto that. Um, and, and I didn't miss any parts of the movie, but I definitely was like, this is irking me for some reason. Uh, yeah. I feel like going back and watching it again, I would love it even more. Um, and I, the chaos of the characters just constantly talking or hearing dialogue in the background you already heard and other things that are layering over there definitely is this really impressive um attention to detail to make sure that it all makes roughly enough sense that mm. you can just follow it through um and it and it managed to have its own like plot twists and things the other thing is i don't know if i feel like i've talked about this once or twice but one of my only pet peeves in movies is having to relive the same dialogue too many times or mm. going through yeah. it and so, like I, that's something else that I was fighting in the movie because it's very critical to relive that in a different context. And I was trying to get over that part of my like uh, my my prejudice against certain uh, techniques that I've seen used and abused too many times in other films to not a good effect. And here it was used excellently. So uh, yeah, I, a bit of an uphill battle for me, but I loved it all the same. And I think coming out on the other side, I would watch it again. I definitely would. So my initial take on it
1: nice yeah I think a uh, couple responses there so the one take thing I thought worked really well because it encapsulates the kind of harried exasperated nature of what these characters are, are going through and they're like running up to upstairs to look into the future and running downstairs to look into the past and, all, and it's it's a very frantic movie and I think the one take you know obviously it's not actually one take uh, I don't know. The, I think there maybe it's one movie ever that's actually one take. But um, yeah, the, there's only one Russian arc. Yep, that's Russian <laughs> arc. Uh, but but pretty much everything else is like, you know, trying to make you think it's one take, you know, a Birdman rope 1917, stuff like that, that is uh, trying to make it seem like it's one take. It's clear what they're doing here. But I think that works really well. Because like, you feel the same emotions that the characters do, right? When they're like, Holy shit, like I just saw into the future. They told me this thing, I gotta go do it and I gotta go run down to the downstairs TV so I can tell the people in the past so that they can do it. And it's they keep going back and forth, and you are just kind of caught up in this moment and, and uh, you know, uh, have this kind of feverish pace that the characters have. And I think the, the cinematography worked really well to establish that. I think with, with 1917, to me, it just seemed like a straight up gimmick. Like I didn't really understand how it, like it didn't add to the story really. And like the story was very simple and straightforward and I felt like they were just adding on cool cinematography to try to elevate the movie beyond what it was and it, it didn't work for me as well but like like Birdman does it and I think that works really well because it's about a stage play and the movie being shot in a one take context makes you you feel like you're watching a stage play and 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 Rope is is kind of like it's based on a play and it works in in that um kind of light as well um But yeah, I thought that it worked pretty well. But Ryan, what were your thoughts on the the cinematography and the one take uh, aspect?
2: Yeah, I kind of have like two takes on it. Like one, I do think that it works in the sort of style of, yeah, we're just following these people and the kind of like rushedness that they have. You can catch, I would say some of the edits are even a little bit worse. Obviously, like kind of they go by a door or something like that. Those are usually like clean edits that you can do there's one where they purposely like go over the monitor and then come back that it was just like, you didn't need to do that. Like that was mm-hmm. absolutely to cover mm-hmm. uh, versus sort of like naturally just using like, okay, if we open a door, we can use that for a cut. If we go past someone's back, we can use that for a cut, like those sort of natural things. Um, The camera work is a little uh loose. I mean, this is definitely like phone, right? They use like a phone yep. Yep. and really small yeah, yeah. cams. Like this is, it's even more than a handheld <laughs> that that you get these shots and you can kind of tell there. But I think it all adds, in my opinion, to the sort of realism of it. It does almost feel a bit like, you know, when you see something online from not from the news's perspective, but somebody posted something to uh, what do they call it? X now. What is it? Formerly Twitter. They post no right? it. It's just it's. Twitter. Yeah, nobody wants, no, calls no it X. It <laughs> But someone posts something where it's like, oh, I was at the scene and they post the little footage of it or right. And I thought that kind of felt like that. So it it worked for me even further than that. I'm like, this is a cheap budget directorial debut Mm -hmm. and you got to give it a little bit of leeway of like he's doing he's working with what he's working with. And and for that, he nails it. Right. Like that's absolutely absolutely there. That's like so little space that he's filming on the concepts tight the filming is what it needs to be for this like that it's great like that's what you can get away with
0: yeah i I 100 like agree i'm not saying i'm down on it for those elements i'm just saying they detracted in my initial like viewing of it having no knowledge of if it was indie or like any of that stuff like i can pick up on some of that from the production value itself and like how you know the footage is grainy and has that sort of it, it is like one step away from being found footage uh, being mm. a found footage movie and i'm glad that it wasn't i really liked how yeah. it was put together oh god if it was a found no, footage i hate movie, found footage so <laughs> much more fucking shaky and disorienting and yeah um
1: i think some of the two yeah. there's like like the camera is kind of at the level of the heads of all the characters and it's mm-hmm. moving around and you feel like you're a participant in the story right which I, I thought was a cool aspect to the movie where like the characters lean down to look at the tv and you lean down with them and you're running around and kind of turning your head as if you were an independent observer in, in the movie. Yeah.
0: I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. Like everything about it, because it felt that claustrophobic, it was like inhabiting another character who's on the, the, the cafe squad side, trying to do things with time, time travel and whatever. Um, I would say that like probably, everything that I could say that's a negative or a nit about it is completely just baseless. Like there's no, it's all perspective and subjective for me of like, Oh, I would have liked to have seen this or that, but like what I saw was still great. And I really enjoyed Mm. it. Um, but it's, I think that that speaks to kind of the level of craft put into it and how it ignites, like just ideas in my head. Like it feels inspiring and how it is put together. And I think I, I bought it it was like a dollar 99 digitally and
1: i was like hey, hey 99 cents wow, to rent yeah. or a
0: dollar 99 to buy i'm buying hey, you're losing money
1: <laughs> if you don't buy that
0: yeah honestly <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i i do say like uh, i do think like compared to, to comparing it to 1917 where like i think 1917 tried to do the one take as like a Oh, it's frantic. You're running across these battlefields to get this message out to somebody, but they still like cheat halfway through and knock a character out and have it just go dark. And then just like like,
1: cut to next morning. And I'm like, wait a minute. I was in the theater. I was like, what the fuck? This is not a one take movie. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah. Whereas like here, it very much is like, I can't, as much as I kind of complained about it being, oh, I can see the seams on the editing. I can't see it being done another way. I understand exactly why the edit is done the way that it is. It is to get that franticness and it is to establish that like, hey, there is like a time lapse going on in between this. Because if it was just doing hard cuts to like, let us assume, oh, it's eight minutes later or like that kind of thing. It wouldn't be as impressive when it's trying to set up like in eight minutes, this person's going to wave like three monitors down and have to say this thing and you're like, okay, I'm just going to let my brain like follow the movie and maybe that'll add up. And, um, yeah, I, Ryan, I'm curious. Did you get like a stopwatch out? Were you like timing parts of it and just uh, double yeah. check I did at the beginning. I, yeah,
2: I did <laughs> at the beginning. Uh, <laughs> Were they yeah, actually absolutely. two minutes in the future? Not It's close-ish at the beginning, uh, but and I think it falls apart more as the movie goes on. But yeah, that was the first thing I was like, all right, are we actually two minutes
1: <laughs> within no, the movie? But Beyond from the, that, the no, one minute the first and thing. 58 seconds doesn't <laughs> ring quite as well. Yeah, right yeah. <laughs>
2: It's relatively close. And I think you have to there's like some wiggle room. Cause I was trying to think through like a lot I think a lot of our conversation is gonna be thinking through parts of this movie. <laughs> but after he goes downstairs the first time and he's like talking to his now past self, uh at the end of that conversation, I had to be like, Okay, now it's gonna take him two minutes to come back down the stairs. So now he has two minutes, right? You kind of like had to, to figure out those pieces. Um, but yeah, that was kind of where I was like timing those things out. And I was like, oh, okay, after that, it's kind of like we use the time we need for a scene mm. y- y- and you try to keep it kind of tight, kind of close. But we, c- there was wiggle room within him.
0: Yeah.
1: Brian, yeah. I think you watched this movie I- incorrectly. Uh- <laughs> Probably. Yeah, you If to get and caught up in and it and just time. go. And, yeah. I did. I- once <laughs> I let go. I have to- it
2: was just the beginning. I looked at kind of the first ones because I was yeah, like, yeah. I wanted to see if it was that tight. Um, and I- And I do think... Where it nails it is not the timing, but in having the repetition of what people say. It is, uh, yeah, John, it's a little funny. It's a little off-putting because for a good first half of this movie, it's just kind of like hearing somebody say something and then uh, like uh, through the monitor and then hearing them say that to the monitor, Um, but I'm like, it has to be edit because you you know that you like want to get it just right. And it's not that you can do one take on this and have everybody remember all of those things and nail all the timings to make it work. Yes. There's like, it just has to be edited. There's no way you can make this movie truly one take.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that like part of that, that first hour or not even the first hour, you know, the first like round of everybody getting acclimated to it, I felt could have been sped up again. This is my nitpicks of like how fast you can get into the action But like every character had to come in and be like, what's this, a time television? (laughs) And like they had to have their own experience. I would have loved it. I thought I would have thought it would have been hilarious if one of the characters was like, oh, I like read about this in my like sci fi monthly Mm -hmm. magazine. And like it probably has these properties and then it doesn't or does. And it infects how they like try to experiment or fuck with it. Um as it stands I enjoyed them finding cash in a VCR like for no fucking reason <laughs> in the age of Blu-ray Yeah <laughs> that's just <is> great <laughs> Had a lot of those good bits
1: yeah, yeah yeah uh I was just waiting for a character to be like yes morty it's a time television <laughs> like just because you haven't heard of it doesn't mean it doesn't exist Yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: It could have. I, I, I would have. Uh, I I hope that there's a sequel at some point because I would love to see some other time dilation done through different devices that makes <laughs> it like more insane or like ups the ante on it. I feel like that'd be wild. Um, yeah. I'm curious if y'all thought about one cut of the dead while watching this because I oh, thought about it.
1: That that's also a one yeah. take movie. Yeah. Yeah. Kind, kind s- of. One it's
2: take. like the fir- The beginning of it is one take, right? Or it's like, some
1: long. A series of long takes. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: I did think about that, and I actually think that that movie has direct impact to this, like that, this sort of like indie one-take, loose, cheap thing. It's been going on a little bit in the in stateside of these smaller uh, indie movies. Something like Primer, I would say, kind of, right, had had its time, and, and that was when this kind of got popular, but it hadn't really gotten to Japan, and I feel like one cut of the dead kicked off a bit of a movement where we're seeing a lot more of these low budget conceptual sort of one take you know loose on a camera handheld or a phone or whatever in japan and and it's definitely Mm -hmm. like it has to have been inspired by that
0: yeah
1: yeah that's interesting um yeah i I saw one Cut of the dead in theaters i I think they came out like a year or two before this movie so it's definitely possible that there was some some influence there yeah um and that movie is fucking wild <laughs> i love that yeah, movie yeah that movie's great yeah, <laughs> yeah. won't well, say
0: anything else about it please watch it if you haven't seen it because uh yeah it's, no it's exactly
2: yeah, yeah my my thought like i was watching this and then i thought of one cut of the dead and i was like shit and i was asking my son the other day like what to watch something he would want to watch and i was like fuck he would love that like that would be perfect
1: yeah yeah um mm-hmm.
2: and then i was like all right now i gotta watch both of these with <laughs> them <But>, that's <laughs> yeah. not something to complain
1: about i mean double feature <laughs> no, no
2: like, absolutely yeah
1: That's cool. So, so I want to get into the, just like the, the production of this movie. I don't know how they made this, but like John, you mentioned, it kind of feels like a magic trick. Like it, it really does the way they pull this off. Like, you know, that they can't actually be filming what's going on on the TVs in the take because the camera never shows up right. Mm -hmm. in in any of the shots where, um, you know, like, so I guess, you know, to get to like act two, they move the upstairs t- TV to downstairs and face the TV that looks two minutes into the future against the TV that looks two minutes into the past. And in there they're like computer monitors with, with cameras, right? And so they see each other and therefore they can compound the effect. And as each two minutes goes by like a monitor appears further back in the frame and they see <laughs> things that happen farther into the future and farther into the past. And it's a, it's a really cool concept and the way they string all of these events together is really impressive. And like, I'm, I was thinking like, how did they do this? Did they, you know, cause you'll see a take of the, um, you know, the people on a TV talking to, you know, their past or their future selves. And then in another scene, you'll see a take of them in the room doing the same thing. And I'm like, you you know that they had to shoot those like three or four times to get all of the angles right. But like those actors memorized that exact cadence so perfectly well and the exact intonation that they needed to say in every take where you're like, oh yeah, that's definitely the same thing that I just saw just from a different angle. And I, I was really impressed how they were able to pull all of that off and, you know, edit the what's happening on the tv into the shot later and have the actors still react to it in the correct cadence and time and i was i was very impressed with just logistically this seems like an absolute nightmare to make and the fact that they pulled it off so well um i was kind of astounded
2: yeah yeah i I was trying to think through with the shots i think once they bring the two of them down we never really get a camera like straight on within those two monitors. We're always kind of at a at an angle to the monitor and they can you know go back and forth. So I was like at that point, I think they can just kind of film it and get away with it. And I was trying to figure out it really is the upstairs and downstairs where you are behind them Mm -hmm. that I was like, do they do they have two cameras? Like do they have a camera on the monitor so that then they get that shot and that's what they're playing on the other monitor. And and it maybe, but because if they the did, then they would pick up the camera in the angle?
1: background from the other angle at some point. With the just where the camera is, yeah, like, oh, it would definitely show up. I was trying to think about like what's the easiest way
2: to film it. Like I was trying to, you know, like all right, I'm have this concept and I want to sit down and film it. Like what would I come up with? And I was like, really, there's only two options, and it is that refilm it and try to nail kind of the cadences, or you do some kind of trickery with hiding the camera using some mirror or it's just out of frame in a way that you can kind of get away with it and I, i'm not really sure which one they did i would lean towards they probably just did retakes because that's i think easy so, enough yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. easy enough and then you just go back and you you know especially because this is a digital right now you, know, you could just sit there and go back and play it right afterwards and be like nah it's not quite right let's do it again right and just keep doing it until you're like ah that's it that's good enough let's go
1: Easy enough for the filmmakers, but I was very impressed that the actors were able to, to pull that off mm-hmm. and so like, because you know that they, because of the way it's all stitched together, they can't necessarily be reacting in real time to the thing that was said by their future or past selves, right? Like, but they're somehow getting the, the cadence correct every time, and um, you know, it just it feels very real, like they are actually having a conversation with that other version of themselves.
0: I think that that is, like, memorization and preparation overall, like, that they... Oh, yeah, completely... I'm just impressed with it. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 It's It's, like, they... they. I mean, from from my perspective, like, it's fun to just speculate about how they did it. I think that that's the fun of a magic trick, right? It's just, like, how the fuck did you do that? Yeah, Um. Yeah. But over <laughs> here, it's kind of just, like, for me, when I was looking at it, I was, like, okay, so... They had their lines, they knew exactly what they would say throughout the timeline that was going to be traversed. And they sat in front of the monitor in the room. They sat in front of the monitor in the cafe setting. They read those lines, had their camera set up. They left in blank space where they just recorded a bunch and, and spliced that in. Mm-hmm. There were the only, the only real Ryan, I wonder if your radar went off on this too. Um, but at one point all the characters have an aside that's very loud, and you can't hear any of I, that in any of the mics uh, on that. And I, I was did, just like, I did think duh, about duh. that. But then there's I, I a lot like, of
2: conversations to the <laughs> side of the double monitors that just don't carry over to the monitors. And it's <laughs> unclear. Yeah. Which I was the, like, how much fine. volume gets picked up.
0: You obviously have to be in the path of the time stream to, <laughs> to properly get picked up.
1: <laughs> yeah. um Well, a lot of times, webcam like mics are designed that way, right? Where they're like only supposed to pick up kind of what's right in front of them. So it could be that that's just how it was. Like you would think you'd hear something, mm-hmm. but like, you know, there's other shit going on in the room as well. You're not just hearing what's coming out of the TV. So it could be just so quiet that it wouldn't have.
0: I won't even like, mention registered. that the TV has no camera or like, I don't know. I didn't see anything around it. I was just like, nope. okay, fine. It I accept it. Yeah. It's a monitor. It's a portal. That's fine. Uh, yeah, uh, they also, they, they got have in, like... Entangled. In-
1: incredibly long extension cords yes, i guess a- like there were times <laughs> where i was like crazy. wait a minute is this a cordless monitor like how nope. is it hooked up to power or the internet or, or what you know what's going on here and like there are some scenes where you see a cord dragging behind but other times you don't as they're carrying these monitors up like four flights of stairs yeah back and forth with with complete <laughs> ease uh, that was definitely that was more the thing that i was like really you expect us to believe this that was there's... the funniest part yeah it was just
0: like i was like wait they can't just carry that monitor out they're gonna have to unplug it and like plug uh, it back yeah, in yeah, and yeah. they Is just this kept battery carrying battery powered <laughs> what's going on here
1: battery powered monitor
0: that's yeah. that's why i when i say like i wish i would have seen them go out and do more with the monitors like they have that long extension cable would be a funny gag to see how far they could take it on the street <laughs> like, they, like
1: get on a bus and like go across town and <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah um yeah, no, all of that that preparation, that repetition, it, it likes it pays off. Like I remember watching behind the scenes stuff of like Birdman when they would start like a a take mm-hmm. and just like the them having to be on their marks, on their cues uh know all of the scripted lines and everything. And even that at times it feels still a little forced. Uh um, but like here it, it all felt such like a, there was a natural surprise, and they added in curveballs like um they would betray. You know, you can't always know what's going to happen in the future, but you have to preserve it. Uh, a whole sequence of of that, and then the other sequence where one of them comprehends that just because you're in the future doesn't mean you know anything that yourself would know. Like right, the, yeah. the 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 uh, employee who is like, "What kind of era are we in? Two minutes in the future in Japan?" And the, uh, <laughs> it's like, um, the same era. Like everybody <laughs> looked at her like, "What are you expecting?" <laughs> um those bits are just like really fun get to play with the concept and and just revel in it um but it it's all of that reaction between them that makes it believable that makes it like oh this character's actively discovering things even though they're in the future or in the past like they're having revelations in both ways bi-directionally um and uh i found the ending to be like especially kind of a nice cherry on top of like you know what this was all for fun like fuck it yeah or not we yeah. don't care
1: there are some deeper like psychological conversations that are had during the movie about like, you know, valuing the present versus wanting to know the future and and these things that are, are interesting. But it's like the movie kind of cares about that, but only so much as to like, pull this fun conceit together, you know, and it, it does provide opportunities for you to think about your own life and how you value living in the moment versus trying to plan for the future and, and things like that. But it's not like really focused in on that. It's like the movie is about doing the magic trick and and making this thing come together, and you know, seeing somebody four monitors back and be like, "Oh, they're eight minutes in the future, and they're telling us now what's going on." And I'm I know that's going to come back later, and um you know that that all this stuff is a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, and creating like an aspect of suspense to where you see danger like eight minutes in the future and you're not sure where it's going to come from or how right. it's going to surface. And
1: then it keep you see it like move forward, like two monitors the next yeah. time they show. Yeah. yeah, then, yeah.
0: That, that was pretty wild. Uh, um, yeah. One other thing that this movie reminded me of is uh, the twilight zone. Um, oh yeah. There's like an episode with William Shatner. It's not the one hey. 30,000 feet or whatever, um, but it's like uh, this one where he goes to a diner and there's like a, a nickel machine that tells you your fortune And it starts predicting what's going to happen in like the next minute or two. And he just gets so obsessed with it that he sits there and wastes like all of his money. And his like partner is like. Don't.
2: What? Are you just going to stay here? I don't know. Oh, sweetheart. Listen to me. Please. If you love me, just listen to me. No, you listen to me. This machine is predicting our future. Do you think I could just walk away
0: from it? It's like this little bobblehead
2: fucking (laughs) napkin (laughs) dispenser
0: that has (laughs) shitty fortunes. Um, And at some point they literally just have to be like, no fuck this place. We're leaving and uh, like deny it any kind of power. I felt like this movie had a similar, it was trying to do that message. It was really like, Hey, you can get like really latched into the future. If you have even like an ounce of predictability for what might happen, you could completely lose sight of like what's important in front of you or become like defeated easily too." Um, when it contradicts what's going to happen and you're disappointed. Cause we experienced that with like one of the characters and this, at this point going to like the spoiler territory when we're talking about like uh, our, our, I guess like the cafe shop owner, I can't remember any of the names cause it all flew by me. Yeah. Um, they don't say their names is. a lot. Either. Yeah, yeah. So and the cafe shop owner, he's like been thinking about whether or not he should ask uh, this woman out who works at the barber shop nearby. And at, at some point reading into one of his Uh, the tv time machine he it's like yeah do it she said okay and like he goes and does it and it absolutely destroys him what he finds out and so he's like this is bullshit like it can tell the future he comes becomes completely disenchanted with wanting to know the future he's like Mm no don't care because you get your hopes up one way or it fulfills itself
1: yeah, he was betrayed by his future self. <laughs> and that's there's an interesting idea, too, about like a lot of these characters feel like they need to fulfill the future, like what they see on the screen. Like, oh, well, we have to do it. Like, what if we create a, a rip in the time construct bullshit, you know, whatever, a, a paradox and, you know, what effects could that have? And so they feel like they have to do exactly what they have seen themselves do. And they almost, instead of actually gaining insight into the future, they just become prisoners to it and just have to do what they see their future selves do verbatim exactly when it happens, um, or they're worried they're going to like, you know, destroy the world or whatever. The, the time cops are going to show up. Jean-Claude Van Damme with a mullet <laughs> is going to show up and take him to time jail.
2: Yeah, I do think that early on, the, the kind of first test that they do with that, the one of them has a scratch ticket. And he asks his future self, like in two minutes, like which one should I scratch? And he shows him, like, oh, scratch the top corner. And then I was like, immediately. And they never, they don't address that one in particular, but still conceptually, I'm like, does the future one like have scratched other ones to know that that was the best one? No, it's just the one he scratched, and he
1: happened to win something, so he said to do it. Yeah,
2: right. Exactly. Now, once they get to like multiple monitors, they can ask like a future future self like way down the line like looking back Um, but again you sort of run into the same problem of just like that's what they did and then I just kind of fall in in the line of that there is the pondering at the end that I do like where the the uh, the, our main character cafe owner and the girl um, sit down and they start talking about how they felt betrayed by people who told them the way the future was going to be and that it didn't turn out that way um and it kind of yeah. they share that and that was sort of an interesting like kind Fucking of rounding Mayans. up all of it yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah talking about nostradamus and yeah just bringing up that kind of history that was uh pretty yeah yeah it's one of the things that the characters the other characters don't acknowledge it because they're so high on the fact that they can read into the future a little bit and it's a very mundane version of the future. Like it's only what you fulfill basically is kind of what the, the outturn of the movie is the outcome of the movie shows. Um, and so like whenever that one is like, I want a sleeping bag, they like never question it. But, and also like the, the employee who like quells uh, cafe owner's concerns, he's like, why do I have to go in and pretend that I'm okay? And she's like, cause the timeline, she just like covers that up. She would have completely dispelled whatever time travel bullshit if she had just let him go in and be like, no, it's all bullshit. Uh, Like they would have been like, oh, these tickets, this doesn't matter. Like, I don't know. It's, it's that it's interesting that they propagate the lie because of their fascination with wanting to know the future. Yeah, They sort of like mob him into having to keep up the charade with them and be like a believer as well. Um, And so getting that moment between the the barbershop attendant and the cafe owner was just such like a sweet moment of them being like yeah, this is actually like probably what it's really about and then the fucking time travel comes back into play when those mobsters show up the yakuza whatever they are <laughs> yeah.
1: i did think that, that that scene was you know kind of the movie's moment to try to make a comment about society and life and i like i found myself falling into that at times where it's like you think you know what the future is going to be and therefore you have like a nihilistic view about it. And it's like, oh, well, you know, global warming's destroying the planet and like fascism is taking over everything. And therefore like I shouldn't, um, you know, plan for the future the way that I otherwise would, right? Like the, the cafe owner is talking about like, well, I kept thinking the world was going to end because Nostradamus said it was going to end. And then the Mayan said it was going to end. And so I didn't actually like live my life to the best that I could because I just assumed that things were going to be over. And that, like, that's something that I, you know, find myself doing sometimes. I was like, well, you know, like why have kids or why like plan for something like, you know, 30 years into the future, like our economy is not going to exist anymore. Like, it's just a, you know, it's going to get a break by then. Right. Like why, why should I, you know, plan my 401k and shit? Like, it doesn't really matter. And, um, you know, I think the the movie kind of calls that out as, bullshit and it's like you know yeah it's it's very possible that um you know we're in the last stage of capitalism and that global warming is going to kill us all in rather short order but like we don't know that's going to be the case and like we should try to live our lives as if the the you know the the best case or or maybe just like a decent case is going to happen right and like make sure that we are prepared for uh, you know, a, a life in the future that we want to try to have, despite whatever circumstances we see around us.
2: Well, it's interesting because he talks about Nostradamus and that that doesn't happen, right? And that he didn't plan for this future because he thought the future was going to be shit. But mm-hmm. actually, she talks about being with a boyfriend who told her that they were going to be together, and she was planning a future around that. So she was actually working towards what she thought was a good future and yeah, planning that way, and that failed. And Mm -hmm. so it kind of presents this, like, what you should come to the reality of, like, you just can't know, right? right. Like, you just don't know what way it's going to go. You just act, you know, in your own best interest at the moment, hoping for the better things, potentially, and knowing that maybe the bad things are going to happen and there's nothing you can do about it, right? Like, it's kind of just the future is going to be what it is.
0: Yeah. It's that um, sort of like a temperamental approach to, hey, don't, like, put your eggs in any one basket. Like uh, it's, it's an embracement of, uh, for some reason, I, I'm thinking of Ratatouille now where (laughs) talk about change being nature instead of, you know, nature, not changing. Like everything is constantly in motion and evolving and becoming different. And, um, this is one of those like cautionary tales of like, Hey, the moment that you think that you have predictability and you have complacency and you know, like, yeah, our economy is not going to be the same in, in 30 years. Um, as it is now. And that's never been the case. And uh, it's like, we just have to adapt in like what your day to day is, you have to be ready to adapt. And the moment that you're not, you're like way too dug in, you completely lose, whether you recognize it or not, like, you just won't be able to adapt and you'll break, like, something will happen. And you'll be like, well, I can't go on. Um, because everything that I knew is a lie, which, you know, future self betrayed me, I was investing in my four hundred and one k, and it's all gone now. Like mm-hmm. that's that's definitely a story that I've heard a number of times, and it's something that like each time you would think that everybody kind of learns or observes it and is like, oh wow, but most people were like, that wouldn't happen to me though. Um, right, and yeah. it, it just becomes this thing of like, just have a plan. Just know that you can adapt. You're a fucking human being. One of our like strongest things is that we can reconcile paradoxes, which this movie. Clearly does by just ignoring <laughs> <Yeah>. them, <laughs> just ignoring. Yeah, re- yeah, reconcile or
1: ignore. Uh, uh, you know, I feel reconcile like most humans ignoring? just ignore the paradoxes. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. <laughs>
2: um, I do remember back in 2012 having a conversation with our uh, former podcast guest Warner, uh, where I, exactly I was fucking tired of predictions of apocalypses, <laughs> and I was just like, "This is it." I was like, "Either this one happens or it doesn't. It's not going to." But if it happened, whatever. If it doesn't happen, we don't get to predict anymore. We've just, it's so exactly. many failings for so many thousands of years that like nobody knows. Every single time they're wrong. <laughs> I
1: was
2: but like, that I just Southern don't Baptist hear about preacher
1: that buys billboards on 35, he's right this time. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. going to figure it out. Maybe he, Billy? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think it was right around that time where, where that guy and then they like came to his door the next day and he was like oh, i did the math wrong it'll be like three months from now
0: uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know
2: and then it wasn't he just keeps kicking the can down the
0: road yeah I man you just buy yourself time you know it's like uh our buddy craig denny and the astrologer said you just uh live off of their interest until you can make your profits back <laughs> which you never do <laughs> it's a Ponzi scheme um but yeah that that's Let's talk about the paradoxes. I actually kind of am curious what y'all thought about sort of the ending segment of the movie, which like really just, it it spends so much time caging you as an audience and the other members of this cast into uh, the story of like, we cannot, we can't break the canon. Sorry. I had to say it. (laughs) Oh my
3: God. Uh...
0: (laughs) We have to keep it. Everything has to be the exact same in like two minutes. I have to be here in four minutes. I have to be there. And, and on and on and becoming like a slave to predestination. Um, to have that all kind of have a confrontation with the time police. They're not.
1: Fuck the time police, right, guys? <laughs>
0: yeah. What have they ever done for anybody? It wasn't even Jean-Claude Van Dam who showed up.
1: <laughs> yeah. All they've done is en- enforce the terrible timeline that we have found <laughs> ourselves currently
0: in. <laughs> um, but yeah, like to have the characters kind of come to this moment of, Well, one, there's like a swelling arc that happens before the time police even show up Mm -hmm. where we get like a heroic climb up all of the stairs (laughs) and each character. Very
1: long extension cord on that monitor.
0: Yeah. And each character coming up and being like, you forgot this. You'll need it. I always thought you were cool to like the cafe
1: owner.
0: (laughs) It's like. I don't I don't really know if y'all ever discover we ever discover time travel collectively. I'm not entirely sure how I want you to tell me that I probably will die or something's gonna happen. <laughs> but uh, I always loved you, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely not like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I expect wholly that Dixon will hand me something useful and go, hey, 2004's punish is not that good. <laughs> <laughs> I would not say that. I would say
1: 2004 the Punisher is dog shit.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get that nice heroic climb. And then it, it, after we're kind of like deescalating from the situation that happens in the top of the apartments, uh, um, the time police show up and are just like, yeah, you've been fucking around with time, haven't you? Like, uh, all right, you're going to drink this sleepy time powder. They knocked like everybody else out with non-lethal lasers or tasers or those, something. Those like
1: ray guns they had were fucking hilarious, like clearly purchased from a local <laughs> toy store, <and> just <laughs> plastic with like a little light on them. You know, just that was that That's was hilarious. Kind of
0: the beauty of like indie filmmaking is uh, is is getting to pretend along with the filmmakers and being like, I see exactly what this is. And I acknowledge <laughs> it <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. And they're just like, you're going to drink this powder and, and then you're both going to go to sleep. And we see like on the television, them doing it. Um, but then when they get to it, both characters, the, the barbershop attendant and uh, cafe owner are both like sneeze, fake sneeze, <laughs> and, like <laughs> spread the powder around and the dudes start panicking. And then they just fucking fade away. Like Greg Kinnear. Uh, and they uh, yeah, it just happens. Um, but but like the whole movie just rejects everything that had been building and binding them in. What did y'all think when that happened?
1: Yeah, I thought that was a a cool scene, and it, you know, like it's you know, final. It's like a predictable way for the movie to end, but I still liked it. Where you know the characters are triumphing over fate and so saying no, like I'm gonna make my own destiny. I don't have to do what the future TV tells me to do. I'm going to do my own thing. And I I love that the time cops are like, What? What? You have no idea the seriousness of this thing that you've done, blah, blah, blah. As they're like slowly fading away and they just keep yelling at them. And the one's like, Oh, wait, you're disappearing. Oh, no, you're disappearing. (laughs) Those guys were hilarious. Um, And actually, I was, I kept wondering while watching that, are those, they looked just like the two friends that, like came over when they first discovered the time to be, and they call those two friends and they come over and become part of it. And I was like, is that, are they supposed to be those guys like in the future became time cops and then are are coming back? And like, I I don't know if that was by design or if they just happened to look very similar to them, but that would be, I don't know. yeah (laughs) Yeah. i i tried to look up on imdb and i was like it didn't say that any actor played two characters so it it may just be a a coincidence but they looked just like those guys
0: (laughs) yeah the same same kind of build and like profile yeah very similar
1: facial structures and uh, yeah it was it was weird
0: (laughs) i would have liked that honestly yeah that would be
2: interesting right some sort of like future version of themselves coming uh-huh. back even from a further time like it's not two minutes it's this crazy distant future right that they're coming yeah back this from. is like and
1: they look much older and i was like did they put them in like 20 years older makeup in order to do this scene like what are they what are they doing here i don't know yeah but they you know I that did, guy didn't have a beanie so i couldn't recognize him you know he had a, <laughs> had a beanie on in every scene what am i gonna do <laughs> i did think about the sort of
2: causality issues here and i had wondered how if if the movie was going to explore like what does happen when someone doesn't do what you know their future self said through these monitors and like how would it unravel like how would it fall apart uh, or is it just impossible like it just it doesn't work that way um and i do like at the end yeah that it kind of like thumbs its nose at it and and just does that it's a really entertaining into it but it did give me the thoughts of quantum immortality and i i don't know who it was and i can never remember but there's a, someone who was talking about like quantum physics and that kind of shit in like multiple dimensions or multiple timelines and he was talking about like if you have a true like gun that's a absolutely random russian roulette and you like hold it up to your head and you keep shooting you won't die because you'll always be in the dimension where you survive like it splits into two dimensions mm. one where you get shot and one where you don't And you just always go towards the dimension where you don't, um, which like immediately, like it's a Schrodinger's cat. You're, you're supposed to go like, that's bullshit. (laughs) Like that's supposed to be your response to it. And it kind of shows the like weirdness of quantum theory. But I I do think that that kind of is a possibility here at the end, right? Of like, they're presented with this future, they reject it and that's fine. They're just now in the dimension where that didn't happen, right? Like in the future. And now they're uh, here, I guess. I did like the idea of those the, they did those two people. They're like, it's a butterfly effect. <laughs> As they're like yeah. dissolving out of like, yeah, the same, yeah, that same concept of like, what's well, a butterfly effect through time, not the Ashton Kutcher movie, like an actual decent concept.
1: <laughs> Never saw that one. It had Ashton Kutcher in it. So I decided to was stay it. away. That's all you needed. <laughs> He's yeah. a tech genius now. Oh, yeah. There's uh, no way that guy is an IQ higher than 68. I'm sorry. Scanning he's not the a, dark he's web. He's not an investment billionaire. Or, I'm sorry, he is. He's not an investment genius. He has gotten very lucky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. The, uh, um, uh now I just lost my train of thought because now I'm thinking about Ashton Kutcher. I, I apologize <laughs> How deeply. How dare you? Yeah. How did we end up in the Wait, dimension? This was with Ryan. Ashton Kutcher? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, there's two dimensions, okay? One where you don't talk about Ashton Kutcher and one where you do. Well, <laughs> he actually traveled back now.
1: in time to film that 70s show. So you know, that's I heard about that. He brought a whole studio audience with him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Back to uh, a time before Danny Masterson committed any crimes. Oh, God. Oh, God. oh no. Uh.
0: Oh, God. Can we go back two minutes and not talk about this? Uh, what the fuck were we discussing within this movie, this beautiful film? It was... Uh, the Time two, Cops Dissolving. The Time Cops Dissolving. Oh, yeah. yeah, I love those guys. They were oh, fucking... Oh, they're great fading away? Yeah, absolutely. But also, fuck the time cops. Yeah. I I like when they showed up, too, and they were like, these fucking cultists.
1: (laughs) Immediately write them off. And they show up early in the movie. They're like, one of the opening scenes, and they're like, we have to talk to you. And she's like, yeah, no, go away. Come back later. We're closed. And she's like, "Ah, fucking cultists. And the guy's like, wait, we have cultists as customers to this restaurant? She's like, yeah, man, you wouldn't believe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I immediately knew, too. I was like, all right, these guys are time cops. There's no way they're (laughs) not time cops. (laughs) Can't fuck around with time. Time for that long? And carry this monitor up and downstairs or whatever. <laughs> uh,
2: it, it is interesting, like when so he goes upstairs, and that's where as he's going up the stairs to save the girl, they bring up a catch-up bottle, and then the symbol that he got earlier and put it up his back, yeah. and like you know, kind of telling him what to do because they are symbols because bulletproof. they saw that.
0: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> maybe low enough
1: if it's at maybe an it angle low enough yeah. Like, yeah i think it still would have
0: broken a rib through the back or something uh, like. maybe it was like a 22
1: <laughs> yeah. pistol and it was at an angle and yeah it was, it was like uh, a, a 22 yeah. and it kind of just came off mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um
2: <laughs> still yeah still wouldn't feel good that, that's for sure yeah. um but you do kind of get into that like how how did they see that version to know that like those things would happen like that is just what they saw. And that's the sort of like, I don't know. That's the Terminator two paradox of like the only reason that it's there is because they have this hand from the future to make the Terminator. Right. Um, and that that kind of interesting, like, is that the way it works? Like it was always just going to be, he did those things and there never was another option.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It, it's interesting to think about this movie in the context of, like there's different types of time travel movies where they have different rules around time. And like some of them kind of make sense and some of them really don't make sense. And I just think
2: 33 AD. Yeah, exactly. Some of them were 33 AD. Uh,
1: I just think Christopher Nolan really needs to watch beyond the infinite two minutes because this makes a hell of a lot more sense than Tenet or any of his other bullshit time fuckery movies ever did. (laughs)
0: uh yeah i i really like exploring more of the time travel concepts through this kind of lens of like you know let's just have fun with it like whatever we're trying to i feel like some movies get like way too caught up and ryan i know you like those kind of movies that really try to explain it because it's fun to peel it back but then there's other movies that like play loose with it and they're like yeah like what if this shit happened what's going on um so I, i enjoyed the fact that this one just like took a while to like set up some structure and then it was like now fuck all of that that i mean it kind of sort of fits and then it doesn't um it just felt kind of nice to to not have a movie that tries to take itself christopher nolan serious and trying to justify how things go forward or backward or what the fuck, but going it's time on. rules
1: make so much more sense. Than yes. a <laughs> Self-serious Christopher Nolan movie. I,
0: I, in an alternate timeline, I would love to see this movie where they go to a camera store where there's a bunch of different cameras that have live video feeds and they try oh. to figure out what the time dilation is between those. <laughs> that shit would be fucking like a, wild. Like a
1: best buy with yeah. all the TVs. And, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. One of the friends oh. is like, I work at the best buy. Let's go open it up at night. Like <laughs> But again, th- that's like the beauty of this movie. It's so simple, so cleanly kind of executed in what it's trying to do, even as messy as it can get. It's really cohesive um, that it's like inspiring to me. And I'm like, I want to see more of things like this. I don't want them to be as gritty as like we, we talked when we opened the podcast of like the world hinges on this fucking god oh, the time travel. It has to. It's going to stop a major AI threat that'll hit Mission Impossible 8 or whatever the fuck movie. Humanity will cease to
1: exist if we don't get the time fixed.
0: Unless unless that time device is absolutely stupid, in which case I would totally watch that movie. (laughs) (laughs) It would have to be something really dumb, like we need to get a Mr. Bobo doll. (laughs) It's the key to time travel. That would be fun. Sure, why not? But everything else, no. No,
2: yeah, like the Bill and Ted, it's fast and loose. And yeah, yeah. I, I do think that this simplicity of it makes this really work because you, you don't, there really aren't any, I was trying to think there's nothing else you could really do. Like they kind of pushed it to the limits of this, like two minutes that you can potentially get. um, And then that's it. Like I, you you can't like take a time machine into another time machine or like, go so far in the distant future, past, and fuck yourself up. Like, it really is so tight to this, just this, these two monitors mm-hmm. and the two minute gap. And there's that's it. Like, it's really just so much more simple.
0: Before you approach some kind of psychosis horror where they're in like a collective delusion <laughs> and you're like, eh. They're trying to yeah. explain to other people that they're seeing this time delay and it just doesn't work. Like nobody's Yeah, right. Them.
1: <laughs> Somebody that's not involved is like, why are you doing this crazy shit? And they're like, I have to. The future told me that I had to do it. Carrying like an <laughs> iMac out in the streets. <laughs> and- <laughs> there is that scene where they're like, oh, we could see like infinitely into the future. And then the one guy's like, but we would never be able to leave this room if we did right. that. Because yeah. we would always have to come back into the camera every two minutes and, and update the... Pass, 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 people.
0: I love that they're like, we could do it. We could totally do it. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them are like really on board to stay there. <laughs> I'm like to-
2: imagining they do They do walk away, and there's one future self who's like in front of the, in their monitor, like a thousand monitors down. That's like, hey, can anyone hear me? <laughs> like, hey, I've got something important to tell. I'll just wait. I'll
0: wait here until that's somebody walks end, in front of a monitor. That's the end credit again. scene where it's super flippant. Uh, <laughs> like,
1: that'd be pretty fucking funny. <laughs> I did like on the, the subtitles on the movie when they were trying to differentiate between all of yeah. the different characters <laughs> and all the different timelines. It was like future, 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 future person's name or past, 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 past person's name. <laughs> like it was that's... like
0: the Scott Pilgrim, like, she's my new, new girlfriend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, new, new. <laughs> Just double down on it. Yeah, that got pretty fun. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I'm kind of curious in terms of so like reeling it back a bit here. Uh, let's go back to the first time travel segment, as is appropriate in a podcast episode of talking about a movie about time travel. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, uh, the the like first time the cafe owner discovers his, uh, discovers that he has time travel abilities or that there's a time travel delay. Uh, I was trying to sort my mind through like search through like what are the hooks in time travel movies that like I think of as iconic because here I'm going to remember this because it it's very abrupt. He's just like, Hey, Hey, it's you from like two minutes in the future. I'm down at the cafe. And my brain was immediately like, what the fuck? Uh, okay. Like along with him. But I was curious if y'all had any other thoughts or there were other time travel movies that absolutely have that hook in them where you're like, I got to figure out what the fuck's going on with these like mechanics or with these characters or if it, like really does a good job. Like I thought about looper a little bit. I thought about, yeah. you know, I haven't seen primer, so I have no idea.
1: Primer just doesn't make any sense. Like it is, it's just so insane. and And, and they just don't bother explaining to you what's going yeah. on. And it's like, you know, I I like like I hate it when movies have the explainer guy scene where like some dude comes in and tells you all that's been going on. You're like, dude, I was there. You don't need to fucking tell me. But like, <laughs> Primer is the opposite extreme of that. Care, yeah. Where they just never tell you what's happening, and like, they're the characters know what they're doing, but you're just kind of like left to piece it together. And like, I, I've only seen it once. I don't know if it makes more sense on multiple viewings, but
2: not it, particularly. It definitely if i draw it out it's a bit like my <laughs> back to the future drawing yeah. um, <laughs> the 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 one thing that primer does that i think is interesting it does try to simplify itself and then completely blows it out of the water but by having the kind of concept of like if you build a time machine you can't go back before the time machine you can only go back to where you get that and then it it doesn't ever invalidate that rule but it quickly shows how that's like not a limiting rule at all <laughs> like there's a whole lot of other problems beyond that. Um, So I don't know that it primer necessarily hooks you, It kind of like lowers you into it of like, Hey, I have this thing and they talk about it and they talk about how it works and they sort of play with it a little bit Uh, back to the future. Kind of like it hooks you at the beginning with a sort of like chase scene and like what's going on. You just barely figured out like, is this guy crazy? Did his dog actually travel through time? Um, But then I think once you get to like, Marty's running around and clearly is not in his own time. Like it, you, kind of are hooked and like that mm-hmm. interesting. Like, where is he now? What is this going to do?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, my favorite time travel movie, like the the subgenre of time travel movies of time loop movies, uh, is a uh, Palm Springs, and uh, I love that movie. And I think um, you know the the thing that kind of got me hooked on that is just how like fucking nihilistic Andy Samberg's character becomes, (laughs) right? Where he just starts killing himself to end the day to get to start it over again. And he just does not care what's going on around him because he's lived that day so many times, you know, thousands, millions of times. Maybe we don't really know. And, like, the, the level of kind of hopelessness and nihilism that he is at where, like, he's even beyond depression. He just doesn't care anymore. And that, like, really pulled me into that movie and and kind of got me hooked into the, the premise there
2: yeah i think like looper and 12 monkeys kind of hit you across the face a little bit more with it and then there are other ones that are a little more subtle in their time travel and get kind of get you interested in it because of the characters of the situation uh have you have you ever seen about time that's another like no. interesting okay it's good? an interesting time travel it's, it, I think it's like an interesting as a character piece. Like uh-huh. I actually did, I enjoy it. And it is a good like conceptual, similarly a little bit here, there's the concept of like, what is the future? Like, how does it happen? There is a little bit of like deciding your future and like all the possibilities of it that they kind of go through. And that, that one, it's like, again, the rules are actually relatively simple and that kind of allows them to explore the possibilities. And it's just this, the only this family <laughs> Seemingly, it- only this family, uh, and maybe only the males in the family, can go up and down their own timeline. Like, so they can just go back up their own timeline and then go back
1: down. <laughs> go back it. up their own timeline. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> and like only a certain window. I'm trying to you remember got your how head they way too far up your own that. timeline, man. <laughs> <laughs> They established like it's a sliding window, too. I think you can't like once you start going far enough in the future, you can't go far enough back in the past. Like it's like a sliding window. Um, And yeah, that one's like, again, it's sort of like it's a straightforward, it's simple. I like, you know, not pulling in any other people or machines or any of that shit keeps it straightforward that like this is just an exploration of what are these possibilities?
1: I remember when that came out and I saw a shit they just like bombarded everyone with trailers for that movie and i was like no nah, this is way too fucking british i can't no. it's just too it british. is
2: probably mostly a love story like it is uh, <laughs> like it's using this trapping to explore it
0: yeah i the more that i think about it the more i'm like wow there's like a just a wealth of topics philosophically you can cover with time travel and And there are movies like, uh, I I remember Avengers
1: Endgame, Avengers Endgame, but
0: (laughs) I, I I also watched, what is it like, uh, Ryan, I think I told you about it. Time changer. That was about like a man from 1890s who got in a time machine to see the future because it was so full of sin. There was so much, uh, front to Christianity and God that he just had to see it with his own eyes. And that was like time travel being used to. Project antiquated moral values on the future. And that was like a 2002 movie that was obviously not a pure
1: flicks thing. It,
0: it was before pure flicks, but I'm sure it would be hosted on pure flicks now.
1: Technically, movies are time travel. This is
0: true. Yeah, I you do. Get a, you get
1: a window into the past.
0: I left Killers of the Flower Moon three hours and 27 minutes later. And mm-hmm. uh, I was all the better for it, honestly.
1: Well, not only period pieces, but just like you're seeing people that were filmed in the past that are oh, yeah. showing up, uh, you know with new life in, uh, in present day. It's wild.
0: Uh, yeah. Immortalized. Finally, they don't mm-hmm. have to be statues. So, yeah. <laughs> um, for listeners out there, if you have a time travel movie that you absolutely cherish, if you would just, uh, you know, tweet at us, X at us. Yeah. Um, uh, send us
1: a note via yeah. carrier pigeon. If yes. You would.
2: Why not? Yeah. That would be better. Uh, we still take those. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Email us, add us on whatever social media platform <laughs> you feel like.
1: Um, you guys have any other thoughts on, on beyond the infinite two minutes before we, put a bow on this.
0: I feel like we went beyond the infinite two minutes when we were talking about beyond the infinite two minutes. And I think that's appropriate.
1: We definitely went beyond the finite two minutes. This is Um, true. too. I don't know if we went beyond the infinite two minutes. That's hard. That seems (laughs) difficult.
0: I understand the mathematics and the dead cat, but uh, I don't understand (laughs) beyond the infinite two minutes.
1: (laughs) Cool. Uh, Well, Ryan, would you recommend this movie?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I
2: absolutely would recommend this movie. It's, an easy watch it's a fun watch it's an interesting concept that that i don't think really is going to be repeated or played off a bunch like it's not something that we're going to see a bunch of derivatives of this thing so i think it will hold up for for a long time um the uh i do think the american title was better than its original title that was one thing that was interesting they talk about the um drost droste i don't know how you say it yeah. uh, like yeah. cocoa powder or whatever that has this there's an effect, this actually is a name of that, like, effect where you have a painting that has its own painting within it, and you kind of have this, like, infinite uh, set of paintings, potentially. Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes is kind of a catchier, <laughs> cool <laughs> title. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and so, yeah, I do think that, that that is a little bit better. But no, like, I, it's, it's just a fun, great watch. Definitely $1.99, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, on. yeah.
1: Dude, definitely. Uh, it's also on Amazon Prime for free. So yeah, you can get it that way as well. But, uh, cool. John, would you recommend this movie? I
0: mean, I bought it and I don't regret it and I absolutely would recommend it. Um, I hope that anybody out there who's listening, um, that you didn't like take my nits to heart when you go into this film and that you watch it with, uh, you know, it's going to be entertaining. It's going to be fun. It's a good time. Um, I, when I was watching, it was just in a totally different headspace and also, it had some of the things that I like normally register on a certain level as being like annoying. But in this context, I really enjoyed it. I thought it did a lot of fun things with the content it had, and, uh, I'm looking forward to watching it again. It's something that I, Sasha didn't watch it with me and I would want to show it to her just because I feel like she'd have fun. So yeah, would recommend.
1: Cool. I would also recommend this movie. I thought it was a real fun time. Um, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, sometimes you go into like a hotel bathroom and there's like a mirror on one side and a mirror on the yeah. other side. And you're like, oh shit, I see myself forever yep. down the hallway of mirrors. And uh, it's like that, except each layer is two minutes into the future or, or past in both directions. And it's it's a very cool concept. And uh, I, I dug it and I really liked what they were, were trying to do. So um, it's a very fun watch. It's a funny movie. It's an introspective movie. Um, there's a lot of reasons to check it out. So um, definitely... Would recommend Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. I have been your host, Michael Dixon. I remembered to announce myself this time. With me, as always...
2: Brian King. Uh, I'm from Two Minutes in the Future, Dixon. You're going to watch a Marvel movie and not like it.
1: God damn it. Why am I going to watch a Marvel movie? I've sworn those off. Um, I actually might watch the Marvels because I did like Captain Marvel. And then I'll hate the Marvels and I'll be mad that I did it anyway john what were you <laughs> thank you for joining us uh fuck i fucked up i'm gonna keep it there
0: <laughs> i'm from four minutes in the future and you're gonna watch the marvels and fucking hate it my <laughs> god damn it <laughs> Hey there, movie buffs, TV toughs, and all listeners in between. John here from the Afterthoughts Podcast. I just wanted to drop in at the end of this episode and say thanks for listening. If you've got afterthoughts of your own to share, hit us up. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the Afterpod, or jump into a conversation on our Discord server. You can find info for this and more at theafterpod.transistor.fm. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.